The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox, and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This month on The Compliance Life, my guest is Lewis Sapperman, Vice President, Chief Ethics and Compliance Officer and Chief Compliance Counsel for Panasonic Corporation of North America, the principal North American subsidiary of Panasonic Corporation. He oversees the company's regulatory and compliance function, maintaining a culture of ethics and ensuring all employees are upholding Panasonic's long-standing values in their work. Sapperman previously served as Associate General Counsel and Chief Compliance Officer for the Dun & Bradstreet Corporation. During his tenure as CCO, the company was recognized as one of the world's most ethical companies by Ethisphere. Prior to moving in-house, he worked in private practice with several law firms, including Wilmer Cutler at Pickering, Hale & Door, and Buchanan Ingersoll. Throughout his career, Sapperman has been recognized for his work. In both 2015 and 2016, Ethisphere Institute named him to their list of attorneys who matter in compliance and ethics, and in 2010, he was named International Employment Lawyer of the Year by the Associates Association of Corporate Counsel. The topics we explore this month include... In Episode 1, The Personal and Professional Journey of a CCO. In Episode 2, Qualities of the Successful CECO. In Episode 3, How Communication Can Be Used as a Driver of Culture. And in Episode 4, Sapperman looks at his crystal ball, where the profession is going into the 2020s and beyond. It's a great series, and I know you will enjoy it. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of our four-part series this month with Lewis Sapperman on The Compliance Life. Uh, Lewis, first of all, welcome back. Oh, thank you very much, Tom. Happy to be here. Lewis, in this episode, I wanted to explore with you what do you see as some of the qualities of a successful SECO, uh, Chief Ethics and Compliance Officer? What are key leadership attributes from the Lewis Sapperman School of SECOs? So I want to start by saying the key leadership attribute for being successful is having a great team. <laughs> uh, you can have a lot of personal attributes and, and you need them. But boy, putting a, a great team together, I would say, is one of the number one things you can do uh, to be successful. I've been very lucky, frankly, to have put two fabulous teams together. Uh, at uh, Dun & Bradstreet first and now at Panasonic uh, North America. Uh, ultimately, I, I don't see my own success. I see their success as my success. So that's, uh, that's number one on my list. But uh, if, if you focus more on the personal, on what it is that uh, I need or what it is that I bring to the table that I think makes uh, makes me successful and could make others successful in the CECO uh, position. I would start with uh, communication skills. Uh, for me, my uh, ability to pub do public speaking and training was probably the single leadership attribute 
that uh, made me most successful early on because I was able to connect to people, uh, large groups of people oftentimes. And those connections, those personal connections with people uh, can make all the difference when it comes to how uh, you as a CECO are viewed and how ultimately your function is viewed uh, from a trust standpoint. So I would absolutely start with great communication uh, first. I, I think after that, it's a matter of uh, leadership and how you lead. Uh, for me, what has always worked is servant leadership, a view of leadership where your success is linked solely to the success of those around you, whether it be your team members, uh, your uh, business partners, your uh, clients and uh, customers, even the third parties you work with. You as a CECO, if rather than seeing your own goals as being uh, what it is you need to achieve, it's actually uh, look at everybody else's goals around you and how is it that you can make sure that they uh, do wildly better than they ever thought they could. Uh, that's always been the driver for me. I love it when one of my team members uh, gets a great promotion or gets accolades uh, because of the amazing things they're doing. That, frankly, uh, to me, is uh, the way I like to view my own success. And, and that type of leadership, uh, if you can bring that to the table as a chief ethics and compliance officer, all of a sudden you move from being seen as the police officer of an organization to being an essential business partner. And uh, so I would say that quality of uh, servant leadership, the a capability of using that is, is amazing. And that pushes me into the, the next one, which uh, I received one of the greatest compliments of my career from a, uh, uh, a leader at Dun & Bradstreet years ago. Uh, he was the leader of comp and benefits at the time. And, and I was helping with some uh, comp and benefits work. He was talking to me about how I operate. And, and he said, Lewis, you are a chameleon. And uh, I'd say that in my initial reaction was, uh, I don't have a long tongue. And so that's a little confusing to me. Uh, but, but then he explained what he was saying. And he said, as a chameleon, when you get in the room and you're in a business discussion, we don't know you're a lawyer. We don't know you're a compliance guy. You're a business professional. If you're in the room talking about comp and benefits, you're a comp and benefits professional. If you are in the room talking about product, you're in the room adding ideas to product because you're a product uh, professional. That flexibility, that ability to show yourself in the way that makes the most sense at the time, for me, has always been an incredible quality that I think has also driven my own personal success. And as a compliance professional, 
if you're in the room all the time and you're letting everybody know I'm the compliance professional in the room, are you adding value beyond simply mitigating risk? Because as a senior leader of any organization, you should see your job as adding value in as many ways as possible. Now, so I think that flexibility uh, in, in approach is, uh, is also a great leadership quality. The last one I would say uh, I would focus on is uh, an innovative mindset. One of the wonderful things about our profession is the fact that it is changing constantly. And if we are not comfortable changing and thinking differently about how we do our jobs all the time, things get stale quickly. If you keep doing the same training over and over, nobody's going to listen. If you take the same approach to communications over and over, people will get numb to it. In the world of compliance, I think thinking about how you can do things differently and effectively all the time is incredibly important. So bringing that innovative mindset of change to the table, uh, also a, a key key attribute from my perspective. Louis, if I could maybe change the focus just a little bit and ask you uh, if you could uh, give some advice to your younger self for your first uh, 100 days or so, is that's uh, a pretty standard uh, term for uh, politicians and CCOs, your first 100 days. What might you suggest to either your younger self or even a new CCO or CECO today? I put two things at the top of the list, and I think they're co-equal. The first one is learning the business. If you jump right in with great ideas, maybe the best ideas, and you say, I'm going to make this change, I'm going to do things differently, and within the first 30 days, you're rolling out new policies and new programs, they may be wonderful, but I think they're likely bound to fail. Because unless you do things in a way that works for the business and with the business, they're bound not to be successful, or at least not as successful as they can and should be. Learn When I talk about learning the business, learn the products, learn the way people interact and communicate, learn the tools that people use, so that when you do decide to roll out a great idea in compliance, you're able to do it in a way that seamlessly integrates with the way the company operates. You're not making things and bolting them on to what already exists. Bolt on compliance programs tend not to be compliance programs that win the hearts and minds of, uh, of your, uh, your employee base. So I would say that that's certainly 100 days. Learn that business inside and out. You should know the business as well as any other senior leader in an organization. Keys, uh, but uh, but I think it could work for most.
Lewis, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us for our next episode where we take a look at communication as a driver of culture. I look forward to continuing the conversation. Likewise. Thank you, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode of The Compliance Life. I hope you'll join me again next week where I take up another episode with in The Compliance Life. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. If you would like to be featured on The Compliance Life, please uh, give me an email at uh, tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, if you like this series, please give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, Any review and rating would definitely help get the word out about the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.